This episode of The Her Show is brought to you by Knack, the best backpacks for working from anywhere. Stay tuned to later in the show to find out how you can obtain a free gift with your purchase. From the Empty the Bench Podcast Network, it's time for The Hearst Show. And on today's show, former MLB umpire Dale Scott with your host, Kyle Hershon. And now, here's Hirsch. All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another exciting episode of The Hearst Show presented by Knack. Uh, thank you for tuning in to last week's episode. That was so much fun talking with Jeff Suffin. But today, uh, now I want to get to the chase before we, you know, begin uh, speaking with our special guest today. We tape these shows like a week or so in advance. So we're taping this March 10th. And today's episode is about Major League Baseball. And if you know, Major League Baseball has been in a lockout since December. Uh, and it's been chaos and a deal was just ratified today uh and no i i couldn't have picked a better time to speak with my guest today former major league baseball umpire dale scott 32 years of service three world series three all-star games 91 postseason games dale what a pleasure to have you here today well you know in umpiring timing is everything Mm -hmm. you've got some good timing today (laughs) i mean this thing was just settled what an hour and a half ago or something like that it literally was i mean again i I couldn't have planned this better i you know (laughs) did you happen to know some powerball took a number or something Uh, you know (laughs) that i i don't know but you know what i'm just happy that baseball is back Yay. <laughs> well, look at that. You have props. You even has props. For crying out loud. <laughs> I, I, I have no props. I mean, yeah. <laughs> uh, so Dale, uh, how are you doing today? First of all, that was just what I asked. Well, I, I, I'm doing, I'm doing great. I, uh, uh, you know, like you and everyone else, uh, of course, when this airs, we'll all know all the details and, uh, and everything, but, uh, we just been waiting for this to happen. Yeah. Um, it didn't seem like, uh, uh, it seemed rather strange to me that uh, you would have a lockout uh, and, uh, you know, declare a lockout in early December and then um, wait, what was it, 43 days or, or whatever it was before you even uh, tender a, uh, you know, uh, you know, a deal or whatever or, a, you know, a proposal. So I, that didn't make sense to me. But, hey, you know what? It's over and there's going to be baseball and apparently there's going to be 162 games. And uh, yeah, uh, apparently there's going to be nine inning uh, double headers, which uh, as an umpire, I, I, I'd like to uh, protest about. I like to, <laughs> seven games are much better. I, we don't get paid by the hour, but I, but my point is uh, baseball's back and that's awesome. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, we were talking before we began uh, the show and, you know, we barely got any idea of what's going on with uh, free agency and all that stuff. Uh, but we've learned that the new five-year collective bargaining agreement is expected to include increased minimum salaries, a new pre-arbitration bonus pool to reward the top young players in the game, uh, raise and competitive balance tax thresholds. Obviously, the team, you know, they had like a team vote and they had like a executive board vote. <laughs> the Mets, Yankees, Houston, Astros, the Cardinals, I think, were the ones who descended from the agreement, which is not surprising since they have a lot of money. Um, <laughs> but yeah, you know, the, it, this free agency season is going to be crazy. You know, you got Carlos Correa, you've got Freddie Freeman, Chris Bryant, Tre- Trevor Story. You got a lot of big bats and a lot of big pitchers still on the market. Um, so the next like two weeks or so are going to be absolutely nuts. Yeah, it should be quite a. Uh whirlwind really uh as as we uh you know spring training will be starting up you'll have free agents you know that'll be crazy um and then uh, i'm 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 guessing a, a smaller or a or shorter spring training I, you know like a more compacted one i'm i'm guessing but uh i 
I would think so. From what I'm yeah. understanding, spring training camps are expected to open on Sunday. Okay. So, and, uh, and, and when we're taping this on Thursday, so yeah, so yeah, yeah, yeah back your bags. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. It, 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 I feel bad for the current umpires that are going to have to go out there. And uh... <laughs> I, I, I can just say on a side note, I've talked to a few guys and, um, you know, obviously they want things to get going, but uh, they've kind of enjoyed a little extra springtime. I mean, I'm not going to lie when I, when I was working and, uh, and uh, there was you know, like in 94, the, uh, the uh, players uh, strike. Uh, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't good for baseball and I, and I'm not saying it was, but I got to admit that was kind of a fun August for me because I had half of it off in, uh, in all of September. So I was all, you know, so I got to see all the duck games, but anyway, that was a personal thing. I'm not going to get into it. Uh, I am glad baseball is back. Yeah. I, I think uh, all baseball fans are just happy that the sport's back. Um, so we don't have to settle for March Madness, uh, you know, <laughs> at least in my opinion, I'm not a college basketball, fan. you know, you're a ducks fan. So uh, I'm sure uh, uh, March Madness it will not be maddening this year for the ducks. Um, they, and let, well, right now as we're taping, they're still uh, in the Pac-12 tournament, so if they win the tournament, they go to March Madness. But uh, I go. don't. I, I'm not. I'm not counting on that. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, Dale, uh, you know this is a you know a big year for sports. You know, a lot of people you know are exiting the game. You know, you had Joe West uh, retire after like more than like five thousand plus games. Um, you know, now with, of course, the lockout ending. Um, now, what are your thoughts of, of the current state of the game as far as a business side, logistics standpoint, if you have any sort of input? Well, uh, you know, I think a business side financially, I think the game is pretty strong. I mean, they, uh, a, a prolonged uh, a work stoppage was would not be healthy. Um, and it would uh, alienate a lot of fans. Uh, and, and, and I'm sure some are already alienated, but just because it's uh, starting late, but the fact that they got an agreement and, and they are going to play a full schedule. Uh, I think, you know, I'm just glad that happened because I think you will salvage some of the, uh, some of the fans who were about ready to uh, discard baseball for good, or at least for, for many, many years. Um, since you are full, uh, playing a full schedule and all that stuff, I think uh, you, you can bring uh, some of those people back. I think the game is financially in pretty good shape. Um, you know, the nuts and bolts of the game, I'm not so sure. Uh, you know, strikeouts and home runs, <laughs> <It's pretty> <laughs> much, <laughs> you know, um, I, I'm not sure if that's uh, a, a, a nice prolonged business uh, model, so to speak. Um, you know, the, the stolen base, the sacrifice bunt, the, uh, uh, the, the hit and run. I don't know. They, a lot of things that, that used to, um, uh, you know, be exciting things in baseball and, and strategy wise. And, and, you know, somebody that maybe isn't a great hitter, but he can move a guy, you know, uh, you know, move him to the next base or, you know, hit behind him or whatever. A lot of that just seems to be kind of lost because by God, we want to know, uh, you know, uh, how many home runs he's hit and, uh, and what is it? The, the, uh, the, uh, velocity or the, 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 uh, you know, launch the, angle and all that you, you launch stuff. angle. Yeah. And all this, you know, and I mean, I, I don't want to sound like some old, you know, I, by God, when we played baseball was the best ever, you know, but, I, <laughs> but, but I, I, I do, I, I do worry about the game and, 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 you know, now again, uh, I, I believe they're, they're banning shifts now uh, this yes, year, they or are. they're going to have some kind of a rule for shifts, which I think, you know, makes sense. Um, I do know as an umpire, I would like to see what that rule, how it's written, uh, you know, just because I'm curious on how it's enforced. And, uh, 
And, you know, you know, funny thing, uh, Kyle, uh, up until, I don't know, maybe 15 years ago, the rules committee would meet every year. There was never an umpire on the rules committee. You, you know, you had, you had, you had executives, you had managers, you had ex players, uh, but was, there was never an umpire. And so you would get these rule, uh, changes or, or even just proposals. And it's like, you know, on the outside looking in, I'd be reading something. I go, okay, well, how are you going to enforce this? You know, what, what, you know, I mean, it's great to say, well, we should have a rule that does this, you know, <laughs> okay, well, we're the guys got to enforce it. So now exactly, exactly. What are you trying to do? What, how do you want us to enforce it? Um, and that's, you know, immediately that's the thing that I think about, uh, about the, the, you know, banning shifts. What does that mean? What, how is that written up? I'm very curious just as an umpire on, on that kind of thing. Um, you know, so, so it, you, you look at the game a little bit differently when you're the one that's officiating it, you know, right, uh, yes. uh, everybody can have ideas. Oh, we should do all this. But, it, but when you, when you come down to, uh, you know, what, how's the info? Well, it's, it's like laws. I mean, you can, you can have all kinds of laws, but are they enforceable and are they going to be enforced and how are you going to do it? And I, all that kind of stuff. So, uh, that'll be interesting to see, uh, um, as that goes forward. But I think the game does need, you know, uh, for the quote unquote, again, here I go again, younger generation or something, <laughs> but where everything is on their, on their phones and the attention span at times can seem, uh, I'm not, I'm not saying everybody, but at times can seem a little, uh, a little, uh, you know, uh, quick, you need to make sure that baseball, which is a beautiful sport when you know it, when you understand it. Uh, but you, you know, you gotta have some excitement. You gotta, you gotta have, uh, and, and, and strikeouts and home runs. I mean, home runs are, yeah, sure. They're exciting. Let's yeah. give a picture. Um, <laughs> but, but, uh, but you know, you need action and, 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 and players need action. I mean, how many times have you seen a, a pitcher that's struggling and he's, and he's not throwing strikes. So of course the hitters aren't going to swing. And of course, uh, you know, umpires, you, you want to call strikes, but he's not hitting the zone and everybody's on the, on their heels and it's boring. And, 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 and you know, that's not a good game. Now, a guy that's around the zone, what does that do? Well, it makes my job a lot easier because that means the guys are swinging the bat when they're swinging the bat. I don't have to make a decision, um, you know, and, and the ball is being put in play and, and infielders are running around and people are running around and that's uh, that causes some excitement. So I, I'm, I'm just hoping that we can find, you know, the pendulum has gone a lot to the uh, side of uh, home runs and strikeouts. <laughs> so I think yeah. we can bring that back a little bit. Maybe this shift change, uh, or banning shift, uh, shifts uh, will help. And, uh, well, yeah, well, let's see, but we, you know, baseball needs a little, uh, uh, it, it, you know, a little, uh, shot of, uh, of excitement. I, I, I totally agree. And I, I don't know if I've ever heard an umpire's opinion regarding, uh, electronic, uh, umpires, you know, having something in their ear, call balls and strikes like a robot. I, I I'm curious how you would have handled, a robotic umpire saying, Hey, no, this is a ball. No, this is a strike. Uh, you know, well, I'd probably curious. reboot it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> like I do my computer about three times a day. Um, <laughs> you know, here's the thing, uh, Kyle, I, when replay started, uh, the original part of replay was what we called border calls. And it, it was just from foul pole to foul pole. And it was, you know, home runs, um, uh, you know, spectrum interference issues, yeah. um, ground rule issues. And it made a ton of sense because uh, the four of us, uh, you know, we have to make a call on something that's 200, 250, 300 feet away uh, in real time. One time um, you may have glare, you may have shadows, you may have a bunch of white shirts, you may have uh, multiple uh, ground crew lines or whatever. And, and uh, when, when, when that play happens, 
both teams know they have, they have um, monitors up their runways. They can see what's going on. Everybody in the stands, there's monitors. They can see what's going on. Everybody at home watching the game can see what's going on. And you the, four guys, the four guys that has to make the call, we get together and I go, uh, okay, uh, what'd you have? I had a home run. What do you got? I thought the uh, fan touched him. What do you got? I, I couldn't tell. Okay. Uh, well, let's, uh, let's go with home run. You know, I mean, I mean, you, you know, it, it, it seemed a little ridiculous that everybody knew what just happened except us. And, yeah. and we only had the one shot. So that made sense. We and also they expect knew, you to be held accountable if you made a mistake. Like, right. Right. And, 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 you know, these ballparks now, which are, you know, beautiful parks and they're fan friendly. Well, let me tell you what fan friendly means to an umpire, umpire <laughs> nightmare that because you have, you have all kinds of spectator interference uh, possibilities. Uh, and, and then plus you have places like Fenway that has, you know, the, the big wall and there's that line there and there's a line over here and you have this line over here. I mean, and, and if it hits the line it's fine, but if it's above the line, it's a home run. You know, and again, when we're making those judgments in real time uh, with the conditions we're in of a day game, night game, shadows, whatever, that's it. You know? So, so yes, replay made a lot of sense. We also knew once we entered uh, replay into the rules, it's going to expand. And it did. And you know what? I, you, you asked the question, uh, my feelings on uh, the robot umpire. Well, first of all, replay, I, I'm happy with replay. I like replay. I understand that replay is correcting mistakes. I understand that when we didn't have replay and I called a guy out that should have been safe, that was the tying run in the ninth inning, that all the story about that game every 20 minutes on ESPN is going to be about me screwing up a call. And it's going to go, it's going to roll and roll and roll. And you'll, you'll think I screwed up a call 70,000 times and it's the same call. Okay. Now all of a sudden you get a replay, that same call. I miss it. We go over, we overturn it. Guess what? They don't even a lot of times mention that the call went to replay or if they do, it's a, it's a sidebar uh, that went to replay, overturn it. And, 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 and then everything goes on. And I thought, you know what? I would rather have, it. I, I, I never want to miss a call, but if I do and we can correct it, Cause that's what the people want. That's all they just want. They just want calls. Correct. You know, correctly made now replay doesn't always do that because you've seen replays where one angle goes, man, he looks out other man, man, he looks safe. And I mean, you just can't tell. Exactly. Or you, I, I saw, I remember seeing one last year, uh, play at the plate. Uh, the camera was right where you gotta be. I mean, it was the perfect shot. And right when you needed the shot, uh, the pitcher that was backing up got right in the view of the camera, ah, right in the way. And, and you just go, you got to be kidding me. So replay is not going to solve everything, but it's going to almost always correct uh, uh, obvious mistakes and, and get uh, some of those uh, really tough calls. Uh, correct. And that's what people want. That's all. Now we move to the strike zone and calling pitches, which is, um, one of the most difficult things you can do as a, as a sports official, I, I, it just is. I mean, you have a three dimensional, uh, uh, you know, uh, area that changes with every hitter, uh, the, the high, low and can change with every pitch because it's it, your strike zone is determined when you're about to, you know, you know, swing at the ball. Well, if you, if you're down to bunt and, and you, and you take the pitch, your strike zone is different than if you're swinging full, you know, I mean, so, so the strike zone is, it can vary uh, high, low, pitch by pitch at times. Right. Um, then, you know, then you have, you know, these pitchers that throw heat, they throw, these balls are dropping off the plate. They're, they're I mean, you know, they, they're very good at what they do. Um, so it's a very difficult thing to do. And everybody says, well, you, you can't miss a pitch. 
<laughs> you can't, you have to be 100%. You cannot miss a bit. Okay. Well, that's our goal. Every time we go out there, that's our goal. Uh, but, uh, you know, you, you introduce a, a, a robotic uh, or automated strike zone, automated machine to do this. Um, I'm not sure you're going to get the, the results you think you're going to get. Um, and I, I personally think, Kyle, and I could be, this is just my opinion. Yeah. If this ever makes it to the big league level, they're going to have to redefine in the rule book what a strike is. I think I think they're going to have to uh, define a strike um, that best fits the robotic, uh, you know, machine or whatever. That makes um, sense. Yes. And, and, and how they're going to do that, I don't I don't know. But 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 my example is by rule, any pitch that goes, you know, is in any part of the strike zone by rule is a strike. All right, great. So you have a pitch that is on the very outside corner at the front of the plate on the very bottom of the knee, right? You know, just, just barely hits that, but the yes. ball is moving out and it's moving down and the catcher, you know, is catching the ball outside and, and, and off the ground. Technically that's a strike. Most of the times umpires will not call that strikes. Why? Because they're not accepted as strikes in the big league level. They just, the only person wants that as a strike is the pitcher because they want right. everything a strike. But, uh, <laughs> but, but, but it's just, it's just, you know, that pitch, it just isn't accepted. Now a machine's only going to do what it's programmed to do. And so if it clips that thing, it's going to call a strike and, and, and okay, fine. I mean, maybe everybody will adjust to that and everybody will be happy with it. I, I tend to think that that may not be the case. And these pitchers are very good. And if they can see where they might be able to, you know, get a guy to either, either get a, you know, a, I don't want to say cheap strike, but a, but a strike that probably isn't, um, uh, you know, most people would say it isn't warranted, uh, because the machine is reading it that way, or you get a guy chasing it, you know, uh, because you know, that, that helps you. I'm just not sure you're going to get the product that you want. Now I understand that, you know, if I miss a two, two pitch, uh, you know, with the tying run at third or whatever in the ninth inning, uh, now I make a three, two and, and the guy hits it off the wall. It, you know, I don't feel good about that. And people are going to be really mad about me for missing that two, two <laughs> pitch. Right. Um, I get that. My, th my thought process is, as I've thought through this, um, instead of having a, a robotic strike zone, instead of having uh, a plate umpire with an earpiece and, and there's other issues there too, for example, three, two pitch runners running, you know, close pitch. I'm waiting for a, <laughs> I'm waiting for somebody to tell me. Yeah. You know, if it's a ball, there's no play. The guys, uh, the guys are running as a three, two pitch, but guess what? If it's a strike, if there's that slight delay, there's, you know, I mean, is the catcher going to just throw it down anyway? Or, I mean, is the base umpire going to make a call and then look and see if it was a strike? I mean, there's a lot of variables into this game that um, I'm not sure if they've thought of, or they're going to have to think about, but, but if uh, the more I think about this, Kyle, and, and it's been up, you know, it's been talked about for you know quite a bit recently. I, th I think maybe I'm leaning toward a challenge system. Uh, a manager can challenge X amount of pitches a game, or maybe he can, he can challenge, uh, you know, one pitch in the first three innings, uh, uh, you know, and then, or, or after the sixth inning, he can challenge two pitches or, or whatever. I, I don't know how it would work out, but you still have the umpire calling pitches. And then if you really think, I, I think he missed that. And that's a key pitch. Then we challenge it and we, and we go to replay. Now, will that take time? Yes, of course it will. All this is going to, uh, sacrifice the way we play the game now. It just does. I mean, that's right. just the way it is. If you want this, you know, let's make it something that we can all live with. I think maybe that's the best way to go. 
I don't have all the answers and they certainly haven't been calling me for uh, for suggestions. So I'm just, <laughs> I'm just throwing that out there. <laughs> I mean, honestly, uh, you know, since I, I live close to an Atlantic league team, you know, that's where they're doing all the practicing for right. the testing and all that stuff with the, the, the moving forward with the mound, which I don't get uh, bigger <laughs> bases. Uh, and, and of course the robot umpires. And there was one instance where, a pitch was ruled a ball, but should have been a strike. And out comes Wally Backman, the manager for the Long Island Ducks, you know, going on his tirade and, and gets tossed. So, yeah, I'm thinking, OK, the robot was supposed to sort of fix that. But no, of course, there, there are so right. many bugs that need to be fixed with it. Um, take a hint, Eric Burns. Uh, <laughs> you know, another thing, though, I'm just thinking from, you know, as an umpire. If I'm the plate umpire with an earpiece and, you know, 200 pitches a game and, and 175 of them, I've been doing the earpiece. And then the 176 one, uh, there's some kind of glitch and they, and they say, you got to call it, you know, because they're, they're the, they're the standby umpire, right? I mean, if, yeah. if, if somehow the machine doesn't pick it up for whatever reason, you got to call it. That means that, that I'm going to be focusing on every pitch, like I'm calling them, but I'm not calling them. You know, some people may think, well, that's no big deal. No, no, it is kind of a big deal. Yeah. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> um, and, and, and you've obviously never umpired if you think it's no big deal. Um, well, actually, everybody umpires because they want to. <laughs> they, just course, yeah, they, they know exactly what the call is from the couch. So <laughs> exactly. they, they, they can do the um, motions and all that stuff. <laughs> so so I, I just, just a lot of things that I, I, I'm not sure. I'm, I'm not saying that they haven't thought out. Well, I, I guess I am saying it, but there's just a lot of things going on there that that, that are involved um, with umpiring, and and I'm just not sure making it a video game is 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 the way to do it. And and to take it a step further, and I do that when I when I talk to groups and and, and that kind of stuff. You know, I I, I kind of throw out an absurd. Uh, uh, you know, uh, example, but, but okay. For example, uh, bases loaded one out ground ball to the shortstop. I mean, a perfect double play ball. They're going to get out of this inning and it goes right between his legs. Do we yep. go? Well, after further review, he usually makes that call. We'll give him two outs. You know, I mean, you, you know, hey. <laughs> right. I mean, we don't do that. Okay. The guy no. screwed up. He made a mistake. It happens because why does it happen? Because we're human. So, so you want, you want a human game played by humans, but you want it officiated by a computer. So there will be zero mistakes ever. You can never, ever, ever have anything wrong. It's not, that's not reality is in, yes. in my opinion, you know? I mean, God forbid that happened in '86 with Bill Buckner. You know that that would have that would that would have set Met Land into a frenzy. Well, yes, there would be. Yeah, after further review, Bill gives you an example. Um, yeah, I mean, you you know, there's just there's just uh, there's just so many variables, and 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 you know, you're going to get what you get, and and I don't know, I just don't know if sometimes on paper or sometimes the idea. Uh, does you know is oh that's great that'll be perfect that'll be wonderful and then you, you know to try to implement that it, it's, it's not uh, it's not practical. No, I mean I I mean I was ever since they started with like you know getting rid of the four pitch intentional walk that's still my biggest pet peeve. <laughs> <laughs> I, I hated when they got rid of it because I mean the, the the best example I could give with why they should have kept the four pitch intentional walk Miguel Cabrera against the Orioles. Um, a bet. 
bad pitch got in front of the zone. He hit it. And I think the Marlins ended up taking the lead and winning the game, you know, out of an intentional pitch. It's so rare that something does get off kilter on the, um, you know, when you're intentionally walking a guy, but it does, it it does, or it can happen sometimes. Yes. Sometimes you have that, you know, he, he got it a little too close and the guy hits it. Sometimes he got it too far and it's, you know, to the backstop and, 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 yeah, and some of the scores are coming. So, yeah. 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 I mean, the, the, there are so many different variable variables in this game that, you know, that, that's why I think baseball is just the greatest sport in the world. You know, well, you know, I mean, and, and, and you're right. Like, you know, when I started umpiring it when I was 15, and every day until I, until I, you know, they carried me off the field in the stretcher. Uh, <laughs> but uh, um, you never know what's going to happen when you walk on the field. You, you have zero idea what might take place in the next few hours. I mean, it's, it's the same game. It's the same rules that you had the night before. Um, but tonight you may have a perfect game yeah. or you may have a 13 to 12 after two innings, or you may have uh, two triple plays, which happened to me in Boston one night. Wow. Uh, and by the way, they were predicting uh, Gary uh, Gaetti told me both times they're going to turn a triple play in the very next pitch. <laughs> you turned a triple play. <laughs> Insane. But I mean, you just don't know what's going to happen. Um, you might have a hitter that, you know, hits uh, five home runs. You know, I, I mean, it, you just don't. Know. And so that's what that's the beauty of sports. And that's the beauty of, of of baseball is that even though we're playing by the same rules that we played yesterday and we'll have the same rules tomorrow uh, in, the, you know, in this series. Uh, you, you just really don't have a, a clue. And as an umpire, I have to be ready for anything. I have to be ready for, uh, you know, whatever may happen, both, uh, both physically, like, you know, diving catches or whatever, but also, uh, you know, rule wise, I, I have to understand and, 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 and call obstruction if I have that or interference or, uh, uh, something like that. So you, it's just a, a beautiful thing, a, a very challenging thing as an umpire. Uh, but one that when you walk off the field, you may have everybody screaming and yelling and, and want to, you know, you know, hang you up. Um, but if you're honest with yourself, you can walk off the field and say, you know what? I did a good job today. <laughs> that was yeah. a really tough game to work, but I did a good job. Or you could have a real smooth game and no one says a word, but you walk up and you say, you know what? I, I did. I wasn't as good as I could have been. You know, I, there was a pitch here and there's a pitch here, but it didn't matter in the, in the course of the game. So there's not a lot of brouhaha, you know? So you have to, oh, yeah. as an umpire, you have to be very honest with yourself. Yeah. I, I mean, you know, one of the, you know, you, you were talking about, you know, when you got started with Major League Baseball, of course, you know, things were different back then in the 80s. I mean, of course, you know, you had AL and NL umpires and then of course, <laughs> uh, 99 mass resignation and then kind of merged into one. Uh, you were in the American League. Correct. Uh, right. OK. Yeah. So, I mean, you, you've been you've seen a lot of things. You've seen a lot of historic moments. You were there for Justin Verlander's. Two no hitters. You called one, on, and I think uh, you were what first base. Yeah, I was on the basis for uh, for his two no hitters, and the one the one no hitter in uh, in Detroit. The series before, well, uh, Ron Culpa had was behind the plate. Yes, the, the the plate job he had right before that was in Oakland, uh, uh, with uh, Schilling and and uh, oh yeah, and he lost, I believe, a perfect game in the ninth <sighs> inning. Uh, it may have been just a no hitter in the ninth inning, but, but either way, we, we literally, I believe, if, if memory serves, and of course I've had concussions, so I may be wrong, but um, <laughs> <laughs> my catchphrase now, well, maybe not. Uh, but no, but, but I, I, I believe that I, I think it, there was two outs in the ninth, and then he lost it. Darn. And uh, uh, and so and Ron was, you know, like as you know, a plate umpire when you have an, I've had one no hitter behind the plate. I mean, it was. You know, it's kind of exciting, whatever. So 
uh, you know, Ron was, he had never had one. He was disappointed that it didn't happen. Just not, not that he was cheating for somebody, but it just, you know, it just didn't happen where, you know, you're, you're an out away and you, you thought maybe you, you're going to work a, a no game or a no hitter or a perfect game. His very next play job, he has a no hitter. <laughs> you know, yeah. he, works a, he, he works a no hitter. So uh, again, you never know what's going to happen. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I think honestly, the greatest example of uh, something like that would be Jim Joyce and uh, Galarraga, the perfect game in Detroit that w- was, should have happened, but didn't happen. Uh, I mean, I, I just felt horrible for Joyce. You know, I mean, that is beyond an umpire's nightmare. Um, and, and that's, that's, that's almost a script that a Hollywood agent would, wouldn't, that'll never happen. What? 27, 27th out and the pitcher's covering and, and he misses a play. I mean, come on. When, when mm-hmm. would that happen? Well, it happened. Yeah. Um, and it was a nightmare for Jimmy and, um, uh, and it's really is that was a catalyst. They were getting ready and, and thinking about it, but that was a catalyst to get replay, uh, you know, extend replay. But that's a great example also of where replay would have uh, uh, corrected an, an obvious mistake. Don Dankinger in, in, in game six of the 85 World Series uh, that play at first. I mean, uh, Don Dankinger, uh, like Jimmy, I mean, Don has a resume. I mean, the man was I think he should be in the Hall of Fame as, a, as an umpire. Big games. He worked big games his his whole career. He he was uh, behind the plate in the one game playoff in '78 with Boston and the Yankees. Um, you know this this guy can umpire. He's remembered for basically one play, one play in the World Series. You know, and 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 I and I get that. That's a, that's an occupational hazard as an umpire. Um, yes, you can have a hundred uh, great calls. You have one that you miss. By God, that's the one we're going to talk about. <laughs> you know, so, <laughs> you know and, and 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 you know, just that's just the way it works. But my point is. Uh, you know, Jimmy, a great guy, that same play, if it had happened to a younger umpire, a, 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 a rookie, or even a, you know, you know, just been in the, in the league a few years, it, it could, it could ruin a, a, a career. I mean, it, cause a guy's confidence would just blow up. I mean, it, it's, it's a tough thing to respond, uh, you know, to, to rebound from luckily. And I don't mean luckily for Jimmy, but luckily it was a senior guy a respected senior guy yes. who handled it. And, and, and might I add, uh, might I add that the Tigers handled it extremely well also, um, but who handled it uh, very professionally, very honestly. I mean, when you saw him at the press conference after the game, and I've talked to Jimmy numerous times about this. Uh, initially, when he first made the call, he thought he was right. I mean, he, you know, he, he, it wasn't, I mean, sometimes an umpire, you make a call right, right when you make the call, you go, you know, you're thinking, yeah. you're thinking my, my mind set out and I, here I am, you know, calling the guy safe. What am I doing? You know, I mean, it, 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 sometimes that happens, but most of the time, or a lot of the times you make a call and people are reacting and going, Hey, I, I saw that. I, you know, I had it, but he, he soon realized when he saw the reaction of, I mean, from every, he soon realized he goes, you know, in his mind, I thought I got that right, but, 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 you know, this reaction right here is, is, is not your reaction to a, like, Oh, that's close. I don't know. Jimmy is a reaction mm-hmm. of what are you doing? You know, I mean, it, it yeah. was a, that type of thing. And it's, it's when we got off the field right after that. And he uh, asked his partners, you know, did I get, did I, did I kick that play first? And they all went, yeah, I, I think he did, you know, <laughs> and it just, he just, um, you know, he felt horrible. He felt horrible. And, uh, uh, it, it, you know, he, uh, he handled it so well. And, and I, and I think that's where the fans, like you said, you felt bad for him. Oh, yeah. Um, I think people realize that this is a guy that 
really, really cares and, and about what he's doing. You know, a lot of times people say, oh, the umpires, they don't care. They, you know, the game's over. They, they don't care who wins or loses. They, you know, they just go straight to the bar. They just had another night. Who cares? Yeah. No, we do care. We're, we're our worst critics. I, 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 I'm just telling you right straight up. Um, and, and when you miss a big play, it eats at you. It just eats at you. And you have to mentally get up, you know, especially if you're in, a, in like a playoff series or something. Yes. Cause you got, you got, first of all, more plays that game and you also have more games in that series. So you have to suck it up and mentally and block things and, and, and focus on what are you doing? And, and, uh, and that's easier said than done sometimes. Oh uh, yeah. I mean, you know, and you said it yourself, you know, with postseason experience, you've done nearly a hundred postseason games, three world series. I, I, I mean, there is a lot of pressure, especially when you're on the national state, the international stage, because it's right. simulcast all over the world. So people right. are, are looking to you to make that right call. And, and, you know, and I'm calling out baseball fans here. Umpires are human. Players are human. Leave them alone. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I mean, I, I, listen, people, you know, yelling at the umpire, heckling an umpire, whatever. Uh, you know, there's no umpire that says, my God, you should never yell at me. That's not, uh, even uh, Angel that, Hernandez, the, he, you know, he's still human. <laughs> I mean, I'm just saying that, you know, we all understand, uh, you know, when you sign up for something like this, that, um, you know, how it works, but there is problems when, and, and, and I'm talking now really about like youth ball. So there is a, there's a, a nationwide a shortage of officials uh, for youth ball, you know, for kids are just starting yes. out, you know, for JVs. And what, I mean, and it's not just baseball, it, it's nationwide. And a, a lot of it, not all of it, a lot of it is uh, um, young, you know, I started when I was 15 uh, baseball. I started doing basketball when I was 17. I did and football when I was 17 um, and I loved it and I, and I, I enjoyed it and it was a challenge and everything. Um, you get kids now and I say kids, you know, 15, 16 uh, right. up that, that are trying to, you know, uh, officiate and they kind of like what they're doing and they're learning and, and they're soaking it in. But the parents and the coaches are so insanely out of control. Uh, I mean, and not, not your, Hey, come on, that's a good pitch. Let's go. You know, you're squeezing in whatever. No, no. I'm talking insanely nagging, uh, uh, uh following them to the car after the game, uh, threatening to, to, to slash tires or, or key the car. I mean, that happened to me when I was, uh, you know, 16, 17 years old, uh, uh, and my parents' car. So well, I go ahead. It's not my car. No, I didn't. <laughs> but, but, you know, I mean, there's no security or, or very, very little in, in those things. And and these and these guys start now first, second year guys, and say, you know, I like doing this, but I I can't I can't put up with this. You know, I just and they, and they and they quit. And and that's that's not all the reasons we have a shortage, but that certainly is part of it. And um, and 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 plus. You got to remember, and I, I'm off target a little bit, off topic. Yeah, a little no, no, bit, but you got to remember, you know, these kids starting out in baseball, they're learning the game, right? These, you know, I mean, there's some are better than others, obviously, and you have all star teams and these travel teams, whatever. But but they're learning the game. Well, so a lot of times are those umpires. Like, you know, you don't you don't you don't you don't get uh, college D one umpires for uh, travel ball. Okay, I mean, it's very rare that you're going to get somebody. I mean, it, you know, it, it, people expect some umpire to be perfect when he's also learning the game. He's learning to umpire. That's the kind of games they work when you're learning to umpire. Are the ones that the kids are learning also. So. Cut them a, a little slack, please. I mean, yeah, goodness gracious. I, I, I mean, <laughs> it's just, it's like, just, it's, it, it's, it's insane. Just seeing all, you know, I mean, there are tons of examples of where parents are just, 
I, I don't even understand, you know, <laughs> th- these kids aren't even paid like a, a, they're not even right. paid like lunch money to play <laughs> right. these games. You know, quite honestly, and I, 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 I remember, uh, you know, way back when I was doing all those, the parents weren't nearly as bad in the, the way things are now. Oh, but yeah. I uh, but uh, some evaluation stuff I did a couple of the summers ago before COVID and uh, and at, at these travel uh tournaments uh outside of indianapolis where you have like you know i don't 90 fields or something it's just insane <laughs> right but um you know i i, I heard uh, umpires that work there and, and it, you know sometimes the kids out on the field are going God, i wish you would shut up you know maybe it's not his parent or whatever but i'm just saying they're embarrassed they're embarrassed when when, when some of these parents are just raving on about something you know it's like uh, just calm down, you know, yeah. let the kids play a little bit, let them learn the game, let the umpires umpire, you know, they're going to make mistakes just, you know, I mean, it, it really is, uh, I don't know. I, it, it makes me insane. Yeah. It's like, I, I wish, you know, people would say to the parents, it's like, okay, the, you're not expecting this kid to be the number one overall draft pick. And, you know, if they make get get like a million dollar contract, do they, do they expect to give it to them? Or like, I mean, <laughs> right. Right. I mean, just, Take it in for what it is. Enjoy the moment and watch your, your uh, son or daughter learn the game. And, and, and some are going to excel at it and, and, and be really good. A lot of them are going to have fun doing it, but they're not going to be, you know, I mean, the, yeah. the vast majority aren't going to be in the big leagues or anything. So just calm down, you know? Yeah, absolutely. All right. So uh, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, uh, we're going to talk about uh, the life and career of Dale Scott as a major league umpire and uh, a new book. That's uh, going to be coming out very soon this spring. Coming out right there. There it is right there. It's called The Umpire's <laughs> Out. Uh, we'll take a quick break uh, for our, our sponsor, Knack, and uh, we'll return with Mr. Dale Scott. Hey, everyone. It's Hirsch. Right now, I want to take a few moments of your time to talk about today's sponsor, Knack. If you're like me, I'm constantly on the move, whether it's for business or leisure. And since I cannot stay away from my work, I need my laptop, tablet, and my phone with me at all times. With that being said, carrying all those gadgets can be a bit of a hassle. So I needed to find a way to safely carry all of my electronics with style, since everyone apparently judges how you look. That's when I found Knack. With Knack, there's no need to choose between style and functionality, designed for professionals who need function and convenience without looking like a student. With its patented design, Knack is the first backpack that expands for more capacity when you need it. The sleek exterior, organized interior, and professional appearance help you look your best at the office or out in the world. Now, this is what I want you to do. Get a Knack bag today and stop worrying about how you look when carrying your life essentials. Use the promo code HIRSCH and for a limited time, get a free TSA-approved lock with your purchase. Just add the TSA lock to your cart with your Knack bag of choice. I got olive green because that's my favorite color. And use the code HIRSCH at checkout out to get it for free. Go to knackbags.com for your chance to get a bag yourself. And now back to the show. All right, we're back. Former Major League Baseball umpire Dale Scott is with us on the Hearst show. Um, so you began your career in the mid 80s. Uh, you've had a lot of career highlights. Um, and I think one that I think a lot of people know you for is uh, you were the umpire that gave uh, Yankee skipper Billy Martin, his final career ejection. Yes, I was. <laughs> uh, now, now I'm not a Yankee fan by by uh, by any means, but uh, uh, that that moment just resonates because everybody knew how notorious Billy was. Uh, you know, you, managers like uh, Billy Martin, Lou Pinella, uh, Lloyd McClendon. You know, they'd always have these tirades. I mean, 
and you've got to experience it yourself. Earl Weaver is a great best example I could also give. But, you know, how was the interaction? I mean, obviously not good. He got pissed <laughs> off at a call. You didn't even make. It's not you good. Even... It wasn't even my call. No. Um, well, that was my third year. It was Memorial Day, 1988 in Oakland. Uh, the Yankees were there. It was a five o'clock start uh, because it was ABC Monday Night Baseball. Yes. They actually uh, do. Uh, uh, book in with their Monday Night Football uh, uh, franchise they had for a few years Monday Night Baseball. But, uh, you know, it, 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 obviously I knew who Billy Martin was. Uh, um, and, and uh, um, you know, and it, but, when, you know, as a young umpire, my third year, I mean, your first about five years, uh, but more specifically your first two or three, um, you're going to get a lot thrown at you because they want to see what you're made of, frankly, um, yes. they want to see how you react. They want to see, you know, you, you come to the big leagues, you, you could have a stellar minor league career and, and have done very well, but you come to the big leagues with zero credibility. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, you have to earn that uh, with the players and managers and, and, and frankly, with the media and the fans too. Um, and so you understand that, you, you know, you get that. And, and uh, you know, I write in the book, uh, you know, I write a couple chapters about Billy, but uh, you know, in that whole situation and, and managers in general. Um, but uh, you, you know, uh, it, 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 you learn like, you know, your first couple of years and, and, and you have a, you have a play that, you know, really isn't that close. It's a close play, but it's, it's, it's not, it's, right. it's not that. Yes. and, and you're going to hear somewhere you have a pitch. That, I mean, and I sort of got, you'll have a, you'll call a strike right down the middle and that ball's high. And you go, come on. <laughs> <laughs> I, mean, I, I know, I know, I know that I'm new, you know, but give me, I, I mean, give me a little credit here. I mean, it's not like the yeah. first pitch I've ever seen, you know, I mean, you know, it's, it, it, it's not, so you had to kind of decipher as a young umpire, are they yelling at, because they really believe that you missed the play or are they yelling because it's you and, 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 and trying to, you know, and you had to try to, you know, decipher that a little bit, but uh, uh, you know, with Billy, he was, uh, uh, I was at first base. Rick Reed was a second. There was a, nobody out in first hitter of the, the bottom of the third was uh, actually Walt Weiss uh, played for Oakland. And uh, he had a, you know, a shot to Bobby Lynch from a second base. So the question was, did he, did he catch the ball or not? It was right on the ground, you know, right, right. near the ground. Um, Rick had no catch I, from my angle quite frankly, I couldn't tell one or the other. In, in, in other words, the play stands as far as I'm concerned, you know, right. I, I, I had nothing to say that he did catch it um, or didn't catch it. Um, it just was there. Rick had it. I, I'm going to back him up on it because I have nothing different. And, uh, and so as Billy comes running out uh, to argue, he, uh, for the first base, I got, of course he runs by me and he said, you saw him catch it. I said, no, Billy, he trapped it. I don't know if he heard me, but he runs and he's arguing. And then Rich Garcia, the crew chief uh, was the plate umpire and he comes up and the, Richie's kind of on a tyrant and I'm just, or uh, Billy's on a tyrant. I'm just kind of on the, you know, on the outskirts, just listening. And suddenly he just turns to me and he goes, you saw him catch the ball. And I said, no, Billy, he trapped it. And he said, you're full of blankety blank, boom, boom, boom. Yeah. Um, and when you personalize it, you are full of, or he could have said that's full of blah, blah, blah. And that's fine. But he yeah, said, once you, I personalize it. Yeah. And, and that's just your textbook ejection. So, um, so I eject him. And he didn't like that. And so uh, <laughs> he started to try to try to kick dirt on me. Well, this was a five o'clock start. They had watered down the infield to keep the dust down. And it was still mm-hmm. kind of damp a little bit. Um, and he couldn't get any dirt to fly off his off his uh, foot. And, 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 you know, at one time he, he just nicked my knee with his, he, I, it was not intentional, but he just nicked oh, yeah. my knee with uh, with his foot. So I I'm pointing down. I said, Billy, you just kicked me, Billy. You just kicked me, you know? 
and he's you know telling me all kinds of stuff. Yeah. Uh, and so, and so he can't get a couple of kicks. He can't get any dirt. So he just bends down and picks up a, two handfuls and just does a chest pass. Boom, dirt right onto my chest. <laughs> Jeez. Um, and you know, of course, he's already ejected there anyway. And 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 Richie finally was able to you know kind of escort him off the field. Um, and and so he 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 was suspended uh, three days. Um, he had an incident uh, like two weeks before with Tim Welke in Texas when he threw uh, dirt on him or kicked dirt on him. Um, and so he was suspended for three days and uh, he came back and he was, you know, kind of a model citizen for, for a couple of weeks or whatever. And then, <laughs> and then, uh, and then uh, we, we actually had him uh, or the Yankees in Detroit. And after I believe the first game, maybe the second game of the series, uh, I, I'm not sure about that, but they fired him. Uh, Steinbrenner fired him. So, so from when I ejected him till he got fired, no one else ejected him. And so I was the last guy to, to throw Billy out. He, he never managed again. Uh, a couple of years, you know, a year and a half later, he, he died in that uh, car accident. So, yeah. um, uh, so that was, that was it. But I, I write in the book also, and, uh, there was a death thread on my life or even a thread on my life that I didn't know about. This is when you didn't have email or anything. It was actually right. physically a, a letter, was sent <laughs> a to, letter. The, uh, to the uh, American league office. I didn't know about it. They switched me on a, uh, uh, the, 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 the note said, if Dale Scott comes to New York, he's leaving in a body bag. And yeah, I felt that was rather rude, but I, of course they didn't, uh, they didn't, they didn't tell me that the league didn't, they just said the next time we were going to, to New York, they said, uh, you're going to switch with uh, Rocky Rowe. You're going to go up to Toronto. And that's not unusual. Sometimes a guy, you know, maybe he, for whatever reason, he had to be in New York or, or whatever. Right. So I didn't think anything about it. I didn't find out till much later that uh, why that change was made. And it was a strange, you know, feeling that that could have happened. You know, I mean, I just thought, I thought it was real. Well, then a few years later, uh, several years later, after, after, you know, Billy had passed away. Uh, there was a book written and in this book was, uh, this guy was talking about how Billy Martin wanted to put a contract out on my life. Now, Jeez. um, again, I can't verify it. Nobody can. Billy's not around. I don't know if this is true or not, but you know, then I was thinking about the death threat that I had. Um, and I thought, man, that maybe there was more to this than, than, you know, who knows? I mean, who knows? So that, you know, I, I talk about that in the book and it's uh, something a little kind of heady for a third year umpire to try to, uh, you know, digest. Yeah. I mean, from a fan standpoint, you know, seeing an ejection, I mean, I've been, I don't know if the right words fortunate. <laughs> <laughs> I've been fortunate to only have seen one ejection as a fan. Uh, but, you know, you, you see all these hot mic videos coming out. And of course, uh, I think the most actually the, the one that leaked with Tom Hallian and Terry Collins, um, right. you know, you know, you see that a lot. I mean, was there ever a player or a manager besides like Billy Martin that really got nasty with you? Well, I had, uh, you know, this is a game of personalities too. I mean, I, yes. I could walk on the field with my crew and we have a certain manager and all three guys on the crew, you know, just get along with them pretty well. And I don't, or, or I get along with them well, but, a couple, you know, I mean, it, it, you know, it varies. A, a guy that uh, that I may, uh, uh, you know, have a, a decent relationship with on the field. Um, one of my partners, they can't see eye to eye. I, my, I, you know, the managers that I had some issues with, 
uh, one was Cito Gaston uh, up in Toronto. He just, him and I just didn't, you know, if I said it was a day game, he'd say it was a night game. If, you know, if I said, <laughs> if I said uh, the sky is blue, he would say it's red. I mean, it, we just couldn't agree on stuff. And, and I'm not sure why I never had him as a player. I never had him in the minor leagues. Uh, but it, you know, it was just one of those things. And, uh, um, you know, I, I remember one time in, in, in Toronto, uh, the, uh, the A's were there when Ricky Henderson was with the A's and he's, he's leading off the game. Very first pitch, game. first pitch of the game. I call a ball and I hear Cito go, come on, don't squeeze him. You know, I mean, I, 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 one pitch I've, I've seen one, <laughs> one pitch and he's already started. It's like, you know, this could be a long night. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and then one time in Texas, uh, you know, they, it was players and they, they weren't exactly uh, buying my strike zone. And, uh, and so I, you know, Cito, he yelps a little time, a couple times in the dugout and it's, you know, nothing unusual, but then, he, um, you know, he goes out to the, to the mountain and makes a mountain visit, uh, with the sole intention of not visiting with the pitcher. Um, mm. <laughs> and I knew it, you know, and so let's get this over with. So I march up there and as I approach the mountain, he said, Dale, you know, where are those pitches? And I said, Dale, you know, you know, we're not going to talk about pitches. And he goes, the hell we are. And you, you know, you've been squeezing us all the blah, blah, blah. So I eject. Goodbye. <laughs> and he said, uh, he goes, well, I'm sick and tired of this. He goes, let's, let's finish this once and for all. After the game, meet me outside and we'll finish it. We'll take care of this. And I said, wow. I said, uh, you know, at the Jeez. time it was uh, league president was Dr. Bobby Brown. I said, wow. I said, Dr. Brown's going to love the fact that you're threatening his umpire, his wow. umpires. And he goes, F Dr. Brown. I said, well, he's going to love that too. Cause that was in the report. <laughs> cha-ching, cha-ching, <laughs> cha-ching, cha-ching. Uh, <laughs> you know, so Cito and I, you know, just uh, didn't, didn't get, get along. But although when he came back years later, he came back, uh, they had fired the first time they fired John Gibbons um, in Toronto. Uh, Cito was working in the front office and they had an interim manager for the rest of the year. Well, we happened to be in Pittsburgh when that happened. Uh, the first game of the series, right before I was uh, leaving the hotel to meet the guys in the lobby, I see on uh, on sports center or something says Cito Gaston will be, you know, Gibbons is fired. Cito oh, Gaston is the interim manager. He'll be in Pittsburgh tonight. And I'm like, Really? <laughs> so so I, I, I get in the car. I said, Hey guys, uh, you might want to strap it on tonight. I said, I haven't seen Cito in 12 years or whatever it was. But uh, when I did see him, uh, we, uh, you know, didn't necessarily get along. And so then we walk out on the field, he comes out. It was like, Dale, so good to see you. How you doing? Well, you know, I'm like, uh, you know, uh, uh, who are you and what'd you do with Cito? Uh, and he, but, I, but, but what was funny, he didn't know the other three guys. And, you know, I mean, he, I was the only guy he knew of the three, um, of the four umpires. And so uh, that's another thing, uh, uh, you know, just, just the fact that you, as a player or manager, you know, you know, some guy, you may not necessarily like his work, but you, at least, you know, who he is and have a yeah. kind of a relationship with him um, that can change things too. So he was, he was, he was great that uh, the few games I had him that year. Uh, but, but that was a guy that, that I had some issues with, uh, in the past. <laughs> oh man. I, I mean, I, I could honestly, <laughs> I mean, as a, as a Met fan, you know, seeing Terry Collins and Tom Hallian, I mean, not necessarily get into it with each other, but you know, Oh yeah. It, our ass is in the jackpot and whatever and all that fun stuff. Right. Uh, you know, th- there are a lot of people that think that, okay, maybe, uh, umps or managers should be mic'd up and you know for ejections and stuff but there are some times where uh it cannot be shown on tv because well, you know, no i mean you you know maybe pay-per-view where you could say what you know whatever yeah exactly <laughs> <laughs> um but you know and and like uh for example i have that uh 
playoff game in t- uh, Toronto. The yes, in Batista back flip and yeah. yeah. Oh my God, the the the, 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 the seventh inning that lasted like uh, like two and a half days, and uh, yeah, <laughs> you know, and then, I mean, it was it was really uh, one of the more uh, remarkable situations and games I ever worked. Um, but we, you know, I was mic'd up. Uh, the play down part is always mic'd up in the postseason, and also the All Star game, and uh, uh, and and other games. But they're always mic'd up there. And so, but one of the things we did as a union, as an umpire union, we said when 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 they proposed this years ago, micing guys up, we said we finally agreed to it. But we said we have to have an on off switch. We, we, you know, we're, we have to control the on off, not not yes. you guys. Um, and so, for example, when, when that whole thing started to blow up in Toronto and, uh, you know, I immediately turned that mic off. I was talking to the crew. I was talking to Gibbons, you know, uh, uh, Jeff Bannister, you know, I have no idea what's going to be said. Um, uh, but I certainly knew that that's something that quite frankly, um, you know, didn't need to be broadcast live. If, if, If there is a way they could tape it. And maybe, you know, uh, down the road when, it, you know, but, but, but live like that, um, you know, now let me backtrack the network, part of the, part of the agreement with the networks on, on, on the mics is that they will never play anything live. They will, they will, you know, the mics open, they'll, they'll record it. And then they, and then they can play it back at the next inning or something. Uh, if, if, yeah. everything's, if everything's good, but you know, there's sometimes as an umpire, you just don't need to hear what we're saying at all. <laughs> you know, because, I mean, it's just, it's just, it's just, I mean, it's, it's just not, that's not, you know, you just don't need to do that. So I, so I, I just, I remembered immediately as a crew chief, I just always, always in, in my mind is turn the mic off. You know, if, if we're having a big to do, um, you know, turn it off because that's uh, something could be, something could be said out of context that, that people wouldn't understand, but would think something completely different. Right. Um, you know, and, and it, it, and it, you just don't want to be in that situation. No, no. And, uh, that there have been some, of course, the biggest issue are hot mics, especially during 2020 when there were no right. spectators. <laughs> I mean, you could hear everything, everything, every F bomb, every, uh, everything. I, yeah. I, I, you know, I talked to some of the guys and they said it was ridiculous because, you know, during the course of a normal game with fans and noise, um, things are said out of the dugout that aren't necessarily loud enough for you to hear, but they're not necessarily the nicest things. Well, <laughs> being said, right. I mean, it's a competition. We get that in 2020, when there were no fans and anything, I mean, you could hear everything and, and, you know, the players quickly realized, you know, they're, they're going to have to <laughs> kind of, you know, because they, they may not even, they're not even intending for you to hear it. They're just talking to the guy at the end of the dugout or something, you know, but, but you could hear it. But I talked to uh, the umpires, some of the guys uh, that year, and they said, it's just, it's so eerie. <laughs> it's just so weird. And I know, I just know from my experience, um, people say, isn't, you know, my God, you, when you have a full stadium and this, you know, I said, and they're all booing you or whatever, that's noise. It's just noise because yeah. my next call, they might all be cheering me. They're they're actually not cheering me, but you know what I'm saying, right? Um, but but when we've had like a, ro- a long rain delay or something, and everybody left, there's just a very few people left. You hear everything in the stands. You hear everything, you know. Uh, so I'd much rather have the place full than 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 semi empty, where you can hear every single thing that's uh, you know put out there. Oof. Yeah, I, I you know, uh, and. Uh, I think when fans were just able to start coming back into the games, I mean, I came back, I think it was what was designated 
as Jackie Robinson Day. Right. It was like the 23rd of April or something. And I think at that point, only 33% capacity was allowed at City Field. Uh, and of course, it just happened to be one of the most historic games for Jacob deGrom. You know, 15 strikeouts, complete game, two right. hits. Um, so, I mean, it, that kind of crowd noise. And then compare that to the last game I went to when the Mets came back against the Nationals with Todd Frazier hitting that three-run game-tying home run. Um, uh, compare that to 2021 at the very beginning. It, it just felt so bizarre. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, and, you know, and, and just broaden that out a little bit. You know, I remember, you know, watching the NFL or watching, uh, you know, college games. It's just with no, with no crowd. It just, it just, it just was stupid. <laughs> I mean, I mean, I, I understand it, but it was just, it was, yeah. you just didn't have, and they're piping in the noise and stuff. Yeah, they're, no, they're, the, they're trying, they're trying, they're trying to do something, but, but it just, you, you just were so thankful that we could finally get back. To yeah. I, I, I'm glad we're pretty much past that point at this. Right. Point. Right. Um, yeah. Um, so I want to talk about the book. Uh, yeah. The umpire is out calling the game and living my true self. Um, so th- this is a very interesting book. It's coming out uh, May 1st, if I'm correct, right? Yes, although I'll, I, I, the shipment is a lot earlier. Than, I mean, people that pre-ordered like on Amazon and other, and other places, they're getting their books this week. I've, I've got a few friends oh, wow. already got their books. So, so technically, the publica- publication date was May 1. Um, but uh, I think you could probably get it really a lot sooner than that, actually. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll put a link out in the description so you can purchase the book yourself. Yeah, there you go. Uh, um, yeah, and you know, you're talking about, of course, your career, and of course, you're talking about um, the the challenge of hiding your true identity. You know, because uh, pretty sure everybody knows at this point that you are openly gay, right? Um, and you know, you kept that hidden for so long. You know, especially you know, with different generations of people, it's definitely much more common now and much more accepting, which is fantastic. Right. Um, you know, but back then, you know, it's like the, again, they could have put a bounty to your head because you had a different preference. I mean, it's it's so scary to think that that could have been the reality. Well, you know. Uh... And I, 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 you know, obviously I talk about that in, in, in the book also. And, and, uh, now you gotta remember, I, I wasn't a closeted man 24 seven. I was closeted right. in my baseball world. I, 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 when I was 19 is when I figured out and I finally figured out who I was and what, what this was all about. Yes. And, uh, and I made a, I made a vow when that kind of uh, epiphany happened, you know, and also they Oh, Oh, I get it. You're gay. Okay. Now, you know, and this was a, this was like 1979. And, uh, um, and I, and, and so I, I looked in the mirror and I said, okay, that's, that's who you are. That's, that's what you are. Um, how are you going to deal with it? And, you know, I just told myself from that day forward, I was not going to look in the mirror every day and lie and lie to myself. I mean, I know who I am and, and I was, I, you know, that, that's fine. But I also knew, that this is something that society isn't ready for, or, you know, I'm certainly not in a situation now where I can, um, you just, Hey, everybody, I'm, you know, um, so I, so I wasn't out in my baseball world in my baseball life. And in a way it was kind of easier in a way, cause I didn't work in the city that I live, you know, I, I, I would be gone and I would be in other cities and, 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 right. and, and that helped uh, to be able to, uh, hide who I was. But, 
Um, and I, and I, and I actively, actively tried to, uh, throw off the scent, you know, uh, um, and, and, and that's the way it was, but you have to remember, you know, as I started writing this book and it was researching some stuff and I literally, my very first game in professional baseball, uh, after umpire school was in the short a Northwest league in band, Oregon. That was literally two weeks after the very first reported strange, uh, 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 cancers were, were, uh, young men in, in, in San Francisco and New York were catching these, uh, exotic cancers for lack of a better word. And they weren't sure why. Well, of course that was HIV and AIDS. That's, that's yes. the beginning of that. So my, my career paralleled that virus. And as a young gay man in a world where nobody knew at, you know, the first few years, people were scared to death of this virus. Uh, you remember Ryan White and, 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 you know, was, he couldn't go to school and was ostracized and, you know, and, and he was one of many, I mean, there would, there would, I always thought if they knew I was gay, first of all, I would never advance. I would never get to my uh, dream of the big leagues. I, I right. probably wouldn't even get to, to a ball or double a, you know, because, uh, I just figured that would stymie any, any advancement whatsoever. Exactly. But now, not only if they found I was gay, but now with the HIV thing, I would have partners who wouldn't even want to work with me. I mean, they'd be afraid to touch a towel in the locker room that I touched, uh, you know, because the, because of the lack of information at that time. And, 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 you know, people were scared. And I, 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 you know, it was a different, different time. It's hard, you know, if people may not understand that didn't live through that, how, um, how that would, how that weighs on a, on a, on a gay man. I mean, you know, that, that was 22 years old and, you know, and so, um, so that was, you know, that, that brings a lot of, uh, uh, you know, I was living a double life is what I was doing. Yeah. And, uh, and I was well aware of it. I wasn't, uh, I wasn't lying to myself, but I, but I, I lied and, and, and threw off, uh, you know, it was deceitful or whatever with other people, just because I, that was, uh, that was how, how I was going to survive. Um, and then it went full circle by the late nineties. I had, uh, you know, I had partners uh, and stuff, uh, or, you know, umpires, it's, you know, just one by one at first, just kind of just, you know, coming to me and saying, Hey, uh, out of the blue, I, I know you've got a different lifestyle than, than we do, but, or I do or whatever, but, uh, I just want you to know, I'd walk on the field with you any day. You're a good guy. You're a good umpire. Uh, and I just want you to know that. And, and of course, immediately my, my, my shields go up because I've been so used to, you know, being this other person in my baseball right. life. Um, but you know, in the back of my mind, I'm going, well, uh, you know, a couple of things. One, obviously I'm not, I'm not as uh, you know, good of an actor as I thought I was because they've all figured <laughs> this out. And, uh, <laughs> uh, but, I, but then again, you know, if you're, uh, you know, for the last, uh, you know, 15 years, you're going with your roommate to, uh, you know, Australia. It's like, it's like <laughs> an idea. That's not your roommate. I'm just asking yeah. that, you know, <laughs> it doesn't take a brain surgeon, but, um, but anyway, but, it, but it also started, that was the beginning of me, uh, starting to let my defenses down a little bit. And, 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 you know, so, so when I came out publicly in 2013, uh, 2014, this was not a surprise to the umpire staff. This was not a surprise to the executives on at that time, Park Avenue and, and major league baseball, the people who signed my checks. They knew mm-hmm. they all knew. In fact, when, uh, when, uh, uh, Mike, my husband now at the time, uh, we've been together since, uh, uh 1986, uh, uh, we, we were de- uh, registered domestic partners in, in the state of Oregon. 
And if you did that, then he could go on my insurance and get some of the, some of the, the, uh, uh, you know, things that married people, uh, spouses could get, which was, was a big deal. I mean, I right. saved a lot of money and that kind of stuff. Um, and so, so the league knew and, and the umpires knew, but who didn't know the teams didn't know the fans didn't know the media didn't know. And that was, you know, as the first active male official in the big five sports to come out, it was kind of a big deal for about a day and a half. But you know, you've, you've done a uh, quite a bit of work uh, being, you know, a pioneer for people uh, for L- LGBTQ plus people throughout the country. You've been inducted to, um, I believe it is the, I forget the name of the hall of fame. It's, uh, the gay and lesbian hall of fame. Yeah. The gay and lesbian hall of fame. Uh, you know, and I, I think, you know, I was actually, you know, before I we met up today, I was looking at some old stuff, and I I happened to notice that there was somebody who wrote out to say, "Hey, I, I'm wanting to become an official, um, but I didn't want to, you know, tell anybody that I was, you know, gay, whatever." And and I thought, you know, that 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 story is is just it's so inspiring to those who are. N- you know, if you're not right, re- if to those who are watching, uh, if you're not ready to, if you're not ready to come out, don't feel you have to. But if you if you feel like you're ready, do what you need to do. Well, you, you know, uh, Kyle, uh, you know, coming out is a very personal decision. Absolutely. And there's many factors why why uh, someone may not, um, you know, family pressures, religious pressures, uh, uh, work pressures. Um, uh, you know, it's one of those things that once you say it, you can't bring it back. <laughs> you can't, yeah, like, you can't. You know, I'm gay and I have people freak out and go, I ah, just kidding. You know, I mean, it, it's, it's like saying I'm pregnant. I mean, you, you, you better be pregnant. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, uh, it's a big deal. Yeah. And, and so, um, you know, that's a very personal decision, but, and I, I'm never going to say you should come out. You have to come out. You, you need to make that decision. The only time I, I think someone should be outed is uh, when a when a, a as someone's in a position as a uh, elected elected official or somebody in, in a big position that is uh, passing or advocating horrible anti-gay uh, uh, anti-equality uh, laws or, or or regulations or whatever. Absolutely. And they're gay. You know, yeah. <laughs> you know it, it just doesn't make sense. The, 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 that that hypocritical thing. I, I those people should be outed immediately because they yeah. are they are they are actively trying to hurt our community when they're part of it. Um, and and so that that uh, to me is is uh, you know beyond yeah. uh, unconscionable. But um, yeah, I think the story you're talking about. There was a high school senior in the L.A. area. Uh, after I'd come out, he uh, he had uh, emailed me and. He was, uh, 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 he umpired baseball. He, he wanted to be a major league umpire and he was gay, but he wasn't out. And he wrote me and he said, now I know that if I don't make it to the big leagues, it's because I don't have the skills, not because of who I am. That right there encapsulates the entire, the entire thing that, that, to me, you know, it's like the old sign, that's gold, Jerry gold. I mean, that's just a, that, 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 that right there. And, and, and that's somebody that took the time to contact me. How many people I'll never hear from, right. That I'll never know, uh, heard my story and it helped them in some way. I don't know, but, 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 uh, I, I got so many, 
uh, emails saying, you know, I'm a step closer to getting out of that closet door with, because of your courage or with what you've done. I'm not there yet. Or, or, you know, I'm going to, or whatever. It just gave people some, uh, you know, Hey, here's a guy, you know, at the time I, I, you know, three world series and three, all this stuff. And he's gay. Um, you know, I, I mean, you know, it's okay. <laughs> you know, yeah. it's okay. Yeah. Um, so that's part of the reason I wrote the book, um, is to be able to share that story and hope, you know, it would have been great, uh, when I started out umpiring when I was 15 and, uh, and, and realizing who I was, uh, to have seen a, uh, you know, a major college umpire or a major league umpire who, uh, who was out to a much different time. I get that, but, it, but it, that, that would have been, um, you know, that would have been a great thing for me to say, Hey, look at, he, he, he's able to do it. I I'm, I'm able to do that too. If I, if I've got the skills. So that's, that's another reason why, uh, I wrote the book is I'm hoping, and, and I'm, you know, if it, if it can help one person to, to, to manage this obstacle course called life <laughs> as a gay person, um, it, it's, it's w- well worth it. Absolutely. Uh, and, and to those who want to get the book, you definitely should um, get it wherever you can buy books. Uh, the umpire is out calling the game and living my true self. Dale Scott with Rob Nyer and forward by Billy Bean. Billy Bean. The great old Billy Bean. Uh, all right. So let, let's take a look. Uh, what, let's see. Now that, you know, we're, we're getting closer to having a full baseball season, I'll bring out the prop again. I'll burn myself. (laughs) (laughs) Paramedics. Bird victim. We we have the fire on standby. Would somebody get that extinguisher, please? Yeah, right. (laughs) (laughs) Um, You know, now that we're, you know, starting to get back into the the thick of it of a baseball season, uh, you know, when you went, I want to, I want to know what it would, what it was like to be an umpire on the day of a game. Uh, You know, you've done it for, over 30 years i'm i'm i want to know what your routine was like what you uh what your pregame ritual was uh if you had any superstitions or whatever <laughs> well you know um every every guy is different I prepare for a game differently um i was one to uh you know when i had a, a big game especially behind the plate um more than anything else uh i was one that that wanted to uh, uh, I didn't want to be around people, frankly. Yes. Um, you know, I, 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 you know, night game, I'd, I'd go have lunch and, you know, read the paper, which, you know, nobody reads papers anymore, but that's <laughs> what I did. Um, and, uh, you know, I might, uh, I might uh, just go for a, a, a walk just to kind of, you know, get out of the room and, 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 you know, of course, sometimes in the postseason, it's the weather isn't the greatest uh, uh, for something like that. But, but, but for me, my routine is I was pretty quiet. I, I would, I'd be in my room. I would, um, you know, maybe watch TV just to take my mind off things for a while. Um, um, you know, a lot of times uh, Marty Springstead, uh, long, you know, 20 year umpire in American league. And then our, our, our supervisor for another, you know, 20 plus years and a great man. But uh, I learned a lot from him. But one of the things he said, you know, a lot of times the buildup to the game is way worse than what the game is. The buildup is, you know, you're thinking of all these scenarios and what this thing, I mean, we do this and what are you going to do? I mean, and, 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 you know, another thing I did when I, when I had a big game, world series game, also, you know, not so much also, but world series game or a playoff game I'm behind the plate. I don't watch the, the, I don't watch the buildup. I won't watch the ESPN for three hours as they talk about the game. I, right. I you know, uh, because I don't need to know, I don't need to know all that stuff. 
I don't need to know that he, he pitches like this to certain lefties or whatever. That doesn't, that's, that's, that's a noise to me that I don't need to know, you know, because it has nothing to do with how I call the game yeah. or how I approach the game. And, and I just don't want to hear about it. That, that, again, that's me. Some guys, some guys soak that stuff up and, and, and just, uh, you know, that, that to them is relaxing, I guess it just isn't for me. Um, you know, but that's how I, I would approach it. And, 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 and like I said, nine times out of 10 with the, you know, the play ball and the, and the game starts, you know, this sounds like a cliche, but guess what? It's the same game you've been playing. It's a lot more important because you got all the cameras, you got, you know, but they still got to pitch the ball and hit the ball and field the ball and run, you know, and, yeah. and, and that was kind of my mental, uh, uh, how I approached those big games is that guess what, Dale, <laughs> so guess what? No matter, uh, how quote unquote big this game is, um, you're doing what you've been doing for the last X amount of years. And the only reason you're doing it is because they have faith in your, you know, to put you in that position and confidence to put you in that position. So, right. uh, so just approach it that way and, and as best you can and just focus in and, and then, and then, and then you go in. And once the game started, you're in, you're in your element again, you know, you're, you're doing it. So I mean, imagine, you know, of course, the pressure of, you know, being the one hitting the ball or throwing the ball, but, you know, ev- everything relies on everyone in the black or the blue shirts. So, I mean, uh, without you, you know, there, there's no game. Well, we, you know, we, we're we not the reason they're there. People are there. Well, yeah. And we're not the reason that, 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 that this is being televised around the world today. But try to play without us. <laughs> and they're trying <laughs> they're gonna they got a robot umpire pretty soon they're gonna have you know so they're trying um but uh but you you understand the the responsibilities you have and 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 you know i mean you know what's riding on this but that's not how you approach it you approach it just like you do everything else and uh, you know work in a game one pitch at a time one play at a time and just focus and and concentrate and just you know and and just try to get in that rhythm and and, and do it you know absolutely uh dale scott former major league baseball umpire uh it's been an absolute blast talking with you about baseball the greatest game in the world and of course uh your highlights your career um and what what an illustrious career wish it didn't end the way it did you know, <laughs> well, on a stretcher. You know, I, 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 I'm just 103 games short, regular season games short of 4,000. Oh, yeah. Uh, and I leave my last game out of almost 4,000 uh, in a neck brace on a stretcher in Toronto. Yeah. But like I've told a lot of my friends, uh, you know, us gays, we like to make an exit. So uh, <laughs> <laughs> there we go. Now, the, the quickly, last question. Had you not been concussed that game would you have honestly continued the rest of the season oh yeah oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah. I, my my uh, plan was to uh, uh, retire after the 2019 season this happened in 2017 gotcha. um yeah, early in 2017 but uh, my i was going to go that season 17 and then two more 18 19 that would have uh, i turned uh, 60 in august of 2019 and i thought that you know that's a that's as good a time as ever uh to uh, step away and 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 you know uh, that would have been fine. And I would have definitely broken 4,000. Uh, but, um, you know, this was the fourth concussion in, in, in four years. It was the second one in eight and a half months. I had whiplash and I, I, as I was recovering, I just, uh, I kept trying to tr- ask myself, okay, am I recovering? I go back out there. And, and then this happens again. Why, why am I doing this? You know, why, why? I mean, I've got, I've done everything. Yeah. Uh, you know, I do. And, 
Plus the fact that I talked to a couple specialists and uh, it just seemed like it seemed, it seemed like I was on house money and I was going to walk away from the table. That's what it seemed yeah. like. It was like, like, you know what? I'm, I've taken these shots. I'm I, everything's pan, you know, penciling out good med- medically, but you never know down the road. Cause there's always that, you know, possibility. And there's a lot of things you don't know yet about head blows and concussions, but uh, this seems like a sign to tell me that it's maybe it's time to go. Maybe. <laughs> uh, again, it was such a pleasure talking with you today. Uh, we'll see you guys again next week for another episode of the Hirsch Show. Uh, I'm Kyle Hirsch on your host. Uh, thank you to our sponsor, Knack, for uh, sponsoring this episode. Uh, and of course, Empty the Bench Podcast Network. Uh, and of course, uh, Nick Morgison, who is our producer. He was supposed to be here with me today. Unfortunately, he's unwell. Uh, so feel better, Nick. Hope you feel better, Nick. Yes. <laughs> uh, we'll see you guys next week. Have a good day. Thanks, Kyle. Uh, Dale, you, you, such a pleasure speaking with you, my friend. Um, again, this will air March 21st. Yep. Uh, we'll send you the links so you can share them. And uh, we'll, of course, uh, put links for your book uh, for people to purchase. Um, I'm going to get this book myself so I can uh, uh, get, get a good grasp of uh, your life and career. <laughs> well, I hope you enjoy it. Uh, there's some uh, you know, pretty funny stories and things that uh, went on, uh, on and off the baseball field. And, and, you know, it's not all serious about the, the gay thing, oh, you know, yeah. I mean, it's, uh, um, but it, you know, it also, uh, uh, you know, just, well, I just tell it the way it was, you know, I, yeah. that, that's, that's how I, that's how I, you were an umpire for 30 plus years and you, <laughs> this is <Yeah>. your story. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So I hope you enjoy it. And, uh, and, uh, I really appreciate you letting me uh, come on and, and, and help plug it. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, so yeah, let's, uh, let's talk again soon. Uh, Sounds good. If you ever, you know, if you want me down the road sometime and just, uh, you know how to get hold of me. Yeah, absolutely. All right, Dale. Appreciate All it. Right, Thanks buddy. so much. You got it. The preceding episode of the Hirsch show was presented by Mac hosted by Kyle Hershon, produced by Kyle Hershon and Nick Morgison. Additional voiceover provided by Jerry Houston podcast hosting provided by Buzzsprout, Apple podcasts and Spotify. Be sure to follow the Hirsch show on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram, and be sure to watch the video version of the Hirsch show on our YouTube channel. This has been a production of the empty the bench podcast network. Copyright 2022. All rights reserved.